On this week's episode of Behind the Meat Curtains, it's the continuation of our last episode, in which one of our guests was kidnapped. You don't hear that every day. That story and so much more on this week's episode of Behind the Meat Curtains. And this bitch got me to pay for her takeout on the way, so that was Start from the beginning. (laughs) Well, I think you've heard this already, so I don't want to bore you, but... I I don't remember, so... It was, like, my first week of dancing, and I was literally coming from being a backpacking guide in Grand Canyon, so I had no idea that people could be so ruthless. Um, And this girl was just, like, chatting me up all night and, like, just being really friendly, like another dancer. And she's like, oh, we should, like, hang out after work. Like, we can be be friends. Like, you're new here. I'll kind of, like, teach you some stuff. And so I'm like, oh, my God, someone wants to be my friend. And so she offers me a ride and we're like, we end up going across these toll bridges out of the city of San Francisco and she like gets me to pay her tolls saying she doesn't have cash. And you don't know that you've been kidnapped yet. I don't know I've been kidnapped yet, but I'm like, this bitch definitely has cash. We both just worked at the club. like. But I'm just kind of like, okay. And I pay her tolls and then we like stop at a restaurant And she had ordered food and she's like, oh, I got to take a call. Like, can you just like check out for me? (laughs) So she gets me to pay her tolls and her food as she's kidnapping me. And then we end up at a house that she says is her house. But we get in and there's just like a man on a mattress in the floor in the living room. And she's like, he's going to take it from here. Wow. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? And so I kind of talked to him, and he's like, we're going to talk in the morning, like, you know, whatever. And so I end up sleeping with the dancer in her bed for the night. And then we wake up, and she's like, I got to go. Like, he's going to take care of you from now on. And she leaves, and I'm just with this guy. And he's like, we need to set up a joint bank account. We need to form an LLC for you under my name. And, like, we're going to get this all sorted out. And I'm in fucking, like, Vallejo. I don't know if you guys know the bay, but that is very far from the city. (laughs) And, yeah, so I just ended up playing dumb and pretending, like, I was going to go along with it because I needed a ride back to the city. And I'm like, yeah, like, I just need to go home and, like, I'll get all my information for the bank. We'll go to the bank. I'll take a shower. We'll, like, get it all figured out. And I'm just, like, playing along. And then he... I give him, like, a random address, and I just, like, get out and, like, run down an alley and just, like, keep running down alleys and then eventually, like, get an Uber back to my car. That was good for you. Good for you. I'm fucking stressed out. Shit. So, yeah, maybe I wasn't, like, the most warm person when I first got to stars because... I was just like, I don't know what these bitches are going to do to me. I'm just going to keep to myself and... Yeah. Given that story, I'd say wise move. (laughs) Most of them are very nice, and I like a a lot of them now. Minimal kidnappings since then? Minimal kidnappings. It made me tougher because now, like, when girls here try to be mean, I'm like, really? Is that that all you got? (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to call me a bitch? Oh. Mm. So I got run you twice. Awful. <laughs> okay, can I ask you a question? Do you think that because of that experience, you had second thoughts about being a dancer? 
you know, for some reason, I guess I didn't. Like, I just went right back to work. I still had to work with this girl. I was definitely afraid of her. Like, she would definitely just, like, <laughs> gla- glare at me from across the club. And I was always like... How dare you run away? Yeah. And... Daddy. Did she say anything to you? Like, she never happened? said anything to me. And then she did try to steal my money on several occasions because in San Francisco, we all have these little boxes that we carry to put our money in. And then we go to the club at the end of the night and they like unlock them basically. So they all look the same. And so like she would often try to like switch our boxes. And (laughs) there would be times I would go up to at the end of the night and they would open my box and there's like, you owe us like $500 and there's only like $50. And they would be really pissed and like, yeah. A couple of times they caught it on camera and they knew it was her, but like sometimes they wouldn't and I would just have to pay. But I was like really terrified of her. But I guess it didn't keep me from dancing. That's what surprises me. Like it doesn't, none of these stories have anything in them that's like, I mean, you're not even making money at that point. (laughs) I mean, just on a few nights. It's not like she did it every night, but yeah, she definitely still tried to fuck with me. And I just tried to, like, I definitely didn't, like, make friends with anyone else after that. Wow. Well, that, um, I was going to ask a question on the worst altercation with a dancer you've had. But I think, like, running away from your um, co-dancers. One thing I've learned from this (laughs) podcast is don't assume that. Because they just have these random side things like, oh, there was the time someone tried to cut off my foot. (laughs) Well, I think I was going to use that story for the altercation, which is why I, like, didn't oh, bring it up for this I stuck one, it but out, pulled it out it's, of you. like, a two-for-one, I guess. <laughs> I think it's two-for-one. I think it's, you, you learn to be really, like, distrusting of people at first. Like, I would rather somebody be a raging cunt to me for the first few months I work at a club than to try and be my friend. Because mm-hmm. then I feel like, because in my mind, you have to earn my respect. Like, you have to, like, I always tell new girls, I'm like, keep to yourself for a little bit, and then we'll open up to you when you, like, prove you're not crazy. Like, you have to yeah. not. You're not going to pretend to be a bitch, but if you're being nice, you might be pretending. Yeah, because that's oftentimes, I think, a lot of um, pimps use girls in clubs to recruit new girls mm-hmm. yeah because they don't know what they're doing and they're looking for a friend because there's no handbook you don't know what you're doing when you walk into a club they usually just hand you heels and just say get out there and you know yeah, that's a very liberal use of the word you're saying recruit yeah. <laughs> i don't think she was being given a choice she's no. lucky she got out of that it means i stay to myself so much because i've seen it that's why I've stayed to myself so much in the club because I've seen it over and over and over. I've seen stories like that, you know. I've had so many strippers move in with me and rob me and all kinds of stuff. I had a stripper literally leave me her two kids for six months. Like, got up, left her kids, and I had no kids. I didn't know how to raise kids, nothing, and left them with Neither no apparently clothes, did she. <laughs> no food, no shoes, no, no car seat. She's like, I'll be back. And she's left her kids. She went out for a pack of cigarettes? She went out with a customer for six months. Oh. And left her kids there. Did you know that she was going to be gone for six months? No. She would, like, call me every once in a while. And she's like, oh. Like, every few months, she'd call me. I'm like, yeah, well, (laughs) we're we're just kicking. (laughs) Um, And it never occurred to you to be like, if you're not back in the next week, I'm just giving them to the state. I have to work. So who the fuck do you want me to leave your kids with? Yeah. You know? Like, it, it was just... 
you ran into things CPS? like that all the time. I, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, you know, I, I, that, I have an observation from an outsider, like Hazel. Who? What, what other profession would you have where literally your life was majorly in danger? And it's, not, it's a non sequitur. You just went back and just rolled into work like nothing happened with that coworker. Like any job I've ever had, any coworker tried to kidnap me and harm my life. And like the police would be involved. It's just an interesting viewpoint from over here. Like why it's okay to sustain these, sorry, what, to, to sustain these incredible abuses. Like it's literally your lives are in danger. It is weird to, I mean, that's just the, the, what seemed weird to me as someone who's employed, and I guess it's part of the problem yeah. of being independent contractor is, like if I went to my boss and say, oh yeah, Carl over there kidnapped me for the weekend, oh. that'd be the end of it. It'd be gone. <laughs> I think there's another layer to that onion though, because women in general in sex work have to have a very thick skin mm. and take things with like a grain of salt. So I get what what happened while also all, putting on this totally persona of like i'm always available exactly yeah well too like uh, a lot of police forces don't take women who work in sex work seriously yeah. when it comes to crimes against right. them and i watched this like growing up in a shitty area um they would arrest the child prostitutes and not the pimps and johns and they would charge teenagers with sex crimes yeah. um and would just release them back to their pimp. So it was a vicious cycle. Like you can't like you'd be like, yeah, he told he tried to rape me or he tried to do this or he gave me money so I could do this and I'm being forced to by this guy. You know, they they don't It's kind of the she was asking for it. Yeah, thought. well not even just that, but like, you know, they're like, "Well, you're a sex worker. Like, what do you expect?" Like well, That's what I mean by she was acting yeah. for. It's like, oh, well, she was wearing a short skirt. So. Yes, totally. A lot yeah. of times it would be the police that are doing it. Oh, yeah. That's you know? true. There's also Politicians not a, a lot yeah. of resources for, like, I'm just going to bring up sex trafficking because it is, is something um, that's, that's big in this industry. And in Vegas, I, I went to the Exotic Dancer Convention, and on the way back, I was talking to my boss of the other company I worked for at the time, and she called one of the sex trafficking things there in the bathrooms, on the bathroom stalls. And it's like, if you're being trafficked and you need help, call this 1-800 number. They had no resources for them. They were just like, well, you need to call the cops. And it's like, why do you even have this number if you if you guys don't have anything to help me with? Like, I just have to call the cops. And who knows what, what's going to happen with that? Like, it's, And cops don't always help a situation no, at all. absolutely not. No. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even, like, a, something that's promoting, like, we're trying to get, like, sex trafficking out they had nothing to give them any resource for them so it, it is very hard like for people in this sidebar there's a pop-up museum that that travels all over the world and it's literally an exhibit of clothes that women were wearing when they were raped um just as a sidebar it's a really fascinating thing if you want to follow it yeah to your to your thing about what was she wearing no we're yeah we're accused of being the and that kind of goes along with what Georgia was saying about, like, believing or taking sex workers seriously. It's like, it's kind of like how when women get raped and they're like, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't have worn that or been out that late or whatever. And yeah. it's like, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't be a stripper then, you know. Exactly. And it's, yeah, it's unfair that we don't get that yeah, level maybe, of protection. Maybe you should do always. your job and treat everybody the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... Hearing this, that's what I think is, well, the, part of the problem here is we're not 
putting everybody in an equal playing field and saying like everybody needs to be protected, right? Just because this is why sex work needs to be decriminalized. Yeah. Period. Well, that's so not going to solve all the problems because it's just as protected profession as any other profession. Because yeah. nobody else would go back to work in a hostile work environment like you did. There's a, there's a whole mindset that needs to be changed. To, and because to, we deal with such like big hostility on like a very large scale, yeah. then when we deal with the smaller scale stuff, we're like, oh, we're grateful to just be rude, like to have someone just be rude to us at work, like a coworker. It's basically grooming, but on a very large level. Yeah. This is what is okay for you to feel, and this is what it's not okay for you to feel based right. on your profession, especially as a woman. It's fucked up. Yeah, and then like the clubs that are doing the bare minimum or like, okay, I'm not getting kidnapped, so that's good. So I'll put up with like bouncers and DJs being really rude to me and yelling at me. Yeah, it's probably a, like a double-edged sword, right? Because you don't want to put up with um, people who you work with treating you poorly, but also you do need that thick skin from, from customers and being able to just kind of push them off and move on to the next one. Or not. That's usually, I'm not. That's usually the answer. Like, if there's workplace toxicity going on and you go to the manager or the boss, like the owner or whatever, the answer is just you need thicker skin. Yeah. Again, what other profession would you ever exist in that that's... Well, even if you work at McDonald's, your supervisor's not going to be, you should have thick skin. <laughs> not like they're going to be filing an OSHA complaint or some sort of unemployment yeah. well, there's discrimination. No, there's no HR. There's yeah. no, like, gov- there's no OSHA. Well, I, technically, I think OSHA does, like, in general, we have to follow OSHA guidelines. But, like, there is no, like, when you work for the federal government, there's, like, a number. There's a hotline. Like... Yeah. We are lucky enough that we work for a company that does have an anonymous reporting um, on their website. Now, do I think anybody's used it very often? Probably what are the ramifications not. if you do? Does well, it's anonymous. That, but still, like... <laughs> I don't think... I, I think it just depends on what franchise or um, private club you work for. Because every owner has different discretion and different ideas of what they want. And they all have different lawyers. And um, I think we work at a club that had a lot of hot water going around um, underage girls. Mm. And the abuse of underage girls Mm. that may or may not have partaken on the club premises. It it didn't. That guy took a plea bargain. I've been working for that company for a very long time. And there's there's a lot. But they, but because of that, I think they, they're more stringent and a little bit more eyes open to things. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all watched um, managers quickly leave for doing misconduct. Billy Bob. Well, yeah, <laughs> Billy Bob. Yeah, but those but people even... still exist today, and their their mentalities are, are further and further. Those people still exist today. They haven't been stopped, so they're no. still out there propagating misinformation and like uh, continuing the abuse of people in vulnerable positions. Fucking pisses me off. It's not even the dancers either. I mean, being a cocktail waitress, I was still put in a position where it's like you gotta buck up, or you're just shit out of luck. I mean. There was multiple times where, as just a cocktail waitress, you're being propositioned in a way that you're, it goes against your job, the code of conduct, the way to like actually conduct yourself because you're not actually a, a private contractor. You are a W two employee. Yeah. So and little, putting up with stuff that you wouldn't have to be put up in yeah, any other waitress. Yeah. Any yeah. other any other serving job. Um, working in the adult entertainment and sex industry. 
there's a lot of gray area where there's a lot of stuff that just gets kind of shushed or fluffed off and we're expected to just be like, well, that's the job. No, there's still like respect and dignity, right? Yeah, I like but... to think that at the end of the day, because we do work at a, like, we can all agree that we work at a pretty safe club. And Definitely. Um, I like to tell the new people this, the new girls are just like, um, this guy just said this to me. I was like, oh, yeah, you do have to wash it off. Just like, I'm like it's fine. You're going to hear worse. And um, tell your I'm just like, at the end of the day, the women run that club. We run the club. We run the pussy. We run the boobs. We run the alcohol. And we handle the money. Like, it is ours. We can tell them no. and that. But that's just this club. I, I haven't worked at any other uh, strip clubs, so I don't know. But I like to think that we have some empowerment, the one that we, that we work at. Yeah, I think this club is really awesome. Um, for the most part, very safe and, like, and can we give a shout out to Randy, who was yeah. pissed that I started doing this oh. podcast? <laughs> Hi, Randy. Hi. <laughs> I love you, Randy. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's almost like annoying when girls start dancing here and they don't understand like what it's like out there at any other club, but... You know, that's kind of like the old guy being like, well, back in my day, we had to walk uphill both ways to school. So, like, I don't want to have that attitude, but it is hard when they've literally never, like, actually been through the trauma. Walked in Hannah's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walked or five her- feet in Hannah's shoes. <laughs> or ran in, in Hazel's shoes. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. It's true. Like, you see these... Like, I've seen it so many times because I've, I've worked a lot of different places. And, like, they, the girls that have only worked here, I'm like, you don't realize how fucking lucky you are. Mm-hmm. Like, you could actually tell the manager somebody touched you and they do something about it. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen in a lot of places. That's great, though. And, like, mm-hmm. I am now spoiled. Like, I will go other places and I'm like, mm, I just don't like it. Like, Oh, like they can touch me. I'm like, oh, and I'm like, what are you doing? But you used to watch dudes jerk off for money. Like, why am I thinking like now? I'm like, uh, if it doesn't come to me with this much money and a silver spoon, and I need like somebody at my beck and call all the time to like, I just need to tell him no. Like, I, I don't think that that's unreasonable. But that's, that's exactly how I feel about the California thing. That's why I will not work in California because I'm like, no. You're, you don't look right. The money's not right. Yeah, I like, right. call that value, like understanding your actual personal value and worth. Like you can have those. Yeah. You can have that. But like, but if you've been trained to not. No. Well, I get where George is coming from. Yeah. It's <laughs> that, like, yeah, you earned it. Well, it, yeah. And I earn it too. I'm finding myself increasingly more frustrated with everywhere else that I go. Mm. And I'm, I'm starting to be like, am I spoiled or is this just right? Like, is this how it should be? That's what I believe. Should be. Where else are you going? Oh, I mean, I've been going, um, I mean, all over Oregon right now um, because I just moved back to another city. um, And, like, when I was in Phoenix, I tried a few different clubs during the Super Bowl um, and the Barrett-Jackson car auction. And I think that this upcoming spring, I'll probably go to New Orleans. Mm. But I, again, will never go to California. Did I did I ask you what your opinion of 
because you've traveled a lot too. Like, yeah. what what is your opinion of like the different states and? I, think, I mean, obviously, you well, won't go into California. There's, it's twofold, too. It's like different states have different laws. That's mm-hmm. fine. You know, I don't really care about, like, if I have to wear a fingerless glove or a third article, like they call it. Um, a but, fingerless glove? Yeah. So, like, some, some places what? in the Midwest, <laughs> you need a third article, which is either, like, a garter, a sock, or a fingerless glove. <laughs> which I think that, is so, <laughs> so fucking 80s. I'm sorry. A fingerless insane. glove. It's the weirdest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. There's one way that... Before you go on, there's one in Texas where you can do a full new dance, but if you don't have your shoes on, then somebody can come and ticket you for profit. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think also it's – clubs are either, like, gentleman-style clubs or urban clubs. And, well, there's also, like – there's also, like, biker bars. But those are, like, the three kinds of clubs you will see. And so each kind of club – is very different. So urban clubs usually have multiple stages. You're doing one, you're doing six stages in a row. It's shaking ass, cash is flying. You know, maybe they even have rappers coming through. Um, those are very different than when you go to a gentleman's club or like a gown club, and you get sit pretty, and then somebody pays you a lot of money for a champagne room, and you do like private dances. So like some clubs, literally, you just lap hop all night long, and it's five dollars, five dollars, five dollars, or ten, twenty. You know, and they have cabanas. So guys buy cabanas and rent them, and then you go dance in their cabana, but they don't have champagne rooms. So, like, mm. the hustle is different in different clubs. So I really, it depends on what club it is, honestly. It doesn't really matter where it is in the country. It's what is their clientele like? Like, you know, um, management style. Yeah, I guess. It is nice, though, that, like, you can, for the most part, set your own boundaries even if the club is set up a different way and like you know it might not work with every customer but if you're committed to that then you can try to make it work for you like I worked in Austin and they do allow touching they do $20 dances where girls are like fully dry humping full groping and I was just like I'm not gonna do that you know if you want a $20 dance it's gonna be an air dance from me you know otherwise you need to get a cabana and like pay me for a half hour an hour and it honestly worked out for me like maybe some guys wouldn't re-up and get another $20 dance but like I can miss out on that 20 bucks and like find the next guy who's down to to pay more for the cabana so that is cool that we do have a lot of say in like how we run our business because at the end of the day we're just like self-employed and like we all have our own business so how hard is it on you guys in generally when other dancers are breaking the rules and you're not? I think the hardest thing at our club is when girls undercut price because like we can't really get away with like breaking rules on touching because we have so many cameras and so many people watching them. So it's not like at our club girls can be like, well, I'll give you a handy in the back like. Maybe they can say that, but they can't actually do it. Right. Do they say it there? Yeah. I think, yeah, some girls do. will lie. But we're not supposed to even insinuate that at all. But I think the biggest danger is, like, there are definitely girls who are selling for, like, half price or less. And when, and it doesn't matter, like, you know. For people that don't know that are listening, um, since you guys are independent contractors, you guys have, like, a minimum rate. 
Yes. So okay. we're supposed to have a club minimum. So just as an example, we have a private room called the Ultra Lounge, and the minimum is supposed to be 500 for half an hour. Okay. And there are girls who will sell it for like 200 and, oh. the, and they have to pay the club 100 So they're only making 100 in half an hour. And sometimes they just want to do it to like look like they're really good at their job and like show off. Sometimes they just think that's the only way they can make the $100 is to undercut that much. And so that gets really frustrating because at the end of the day, with a lot of the customers, it doesn't matter if they like you more like looks-wise, personality-wise, experience-wise. If another girl is selling the, sa- like, the same room for $200... They're going to go with that. I think, I mean, like, for me, I really just, look, I don't care if you suck dick. I don't care you bust that pussy open. I don't care what you do, but you better be charging a good price. That's my deal is, like, you, you can do the most, but I want you to be getting paid what you deserve for that, right? Like, I think when we have girls that are doing things that are below even what we would call just, like, standard lap dance experience things, and they're not like charge what you're worth girl because if we all collectively start charging more then we can't have this conversation of oh well she did this for 20 bucks why can't you do that for me like we should all be raising our prices together it just undercuts the entire market yeah, it like, does. It just it's also free enterprise which is what this country is made on right if you can do something cheaper and someone wants to buy it that's free enterprise right yeah. however this is like selling your body and trying to find your worth so there's a psychological well, but beyond that, it's implication an implication that's far beyond just free enterprise. It's in an independent market that has exactly, rules. Yeah. exactly. But like, this demand will always be there. Yeah, men want pussy. Period. So, like, why don't we make it worth our time? Because it's an inside job, right? Because you know your value, because you know how amazing you are, but maybe other girls don't. Well, I think it's it's. Do you have, do you have something to say? I, I have know. seen a lot of uh, head shaking over there. Do you have oh, a yeah. strong, you strong? I don't want anyone to suck dick or bust pussy open in the back. Uh, <laughs> Figuratively, but yes. Deep sea, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan no, of that. No comments right now? I mean, I don't even know if I should be here. Oh, I don't like it. It's, I think, I think everyone, I think if you're good at your job, I think you're worth every penny of what you're charging and you get that and that also demands a bit of respect that can be translated i mean not always i mean there's always those people but let's talk about the term imposter syndrome because i'm sure it exists in your industry as well because imposter syndrome exists everywhere where we know that we're qualified for something but yet refuse to actually operate that we are qualified for something and it happens mostly to women (laughs) so yeah and that's where we end up dropping the prices for things it doesn't matter where, what type of industry we're in. I mean, it, it translates. Like, yeah. it, it really does. So this is what scares me about all the new supposed changes that are going to be coming in. Because I don't go in the back unless I'm getting $800 to $1,000. i am not going back there for $200. Yes, Fuck that. So how am I supposed to tell a guy, okay, it's going to be $800, but then he goes up to the front and then they're charging a certain price. Like, that's what I'm scared about. Or because I think that's gonna what fuck up my money. Charging a certain price. Like yeah. the the fees that we're gonna have to start paying. Oh okay. Because that's that's gonna fuck up my money. That's gonna fuck up my money big, you know. And that's what I'm really scared about. Um, yeah. 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 
Well, we we don't have so, to talk about like yeah. that the the politics of the club that we work at mm-hmm. right now. But I think that. too that like goes into travel dancing, like clubs in other areas. Mm-hmm. I there was a club in Phoenix oh, that I worked at. And they were charging the customer $600 for an hour champagne room. And my profit margin was only 400 of that for an hour. But I can go to another club 20 minutes away in the same city and make a profit of $1,500 for an hour in a champagne room. So, like, I, it, it's frustrating when you see clubs that won't let you upcharge. I understand, like, let's, like, I understand having a set minimum, but we should be allowed to charge, what upcharge. Because yeah. even if, if we're running this and guy's we're credit. we're allowed at the club, at, at Stars, right? Yeah. yeah. But, like, but. in other clubs, like, when you run a credit card, they're making a t- service fee. Usually it's 20%, plus the tip on that credit card usually goes to the staff. If we're charging them more money, then you're getting more service fee. You're getting mm-hmm. more. You're getting a larger tip. So I don't understand the the concept of. They don't want to give up discretionary um, charging, right? Which means you get to determine how to charge a person based on maybe it's by the fact that they're wearing five thousand dollars cowboy boots. Sure. Well, yeah. Okay. And that's discretionary yeah. charging, which is actually illegal in most industries. But this is W two. This is all. This is all. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> it's just interesting from like an actual employment point of view how you're being taken advantage of. Also. You're the only ones providing the value. Mm-hmm. We're the service. Exactly. So you're being taken advantage of because it's strip not. clubs wouldn't run without naked women. You're not yeah. just the service. What? It's a product. You're creating and producing a product. Yeah. That is where value comes into play here. Like nobody can offer what you offer. Period. I personally can't do what Georgia does. It's one of the things that I've always thought it's always bugged me, and a lot of the strippers disagree with me. But uh, it's always bugged me that you guys get charged such a, a large, well, actually, at all, a, a get charged by the club to work there because it's because it's not criminally like acceptable well, to some degree. I There's actually, these laws. I, it's a stage fee. It's like a rental. Fee I don't basically. mind it because yeah. every time we go to a club. We should be, it doesn't always happen, we should be entering into a legally binding contract. And yeah. we agree to the terms of the contract. If we don't want to sign that contract, we don't work at that club. I feel like it is, now there are clubs that charge fees that are gross, like over the top expensive oh, fees. We are very lucky that our fees are relatively nominal. And I mean, truthfully, if I'm making thousands of dollars, I don't mind paying 15% you know, because that is my stage rental fee. Like I paid you because you're not paying me. I paid you to use your yes, your, your venue, your venue. Like and at the end of the day, it's, it's like rental. you make more, and you're an independent contractor. I make far more as an independent contractor, yes. paying a small fee yes. than I do as a, an employee. You're just you're you're using the venue. Yeah. Like people are gonna come there because they know it's a strip club. The major like, difference though is that she's not renting a space at the farmers market to sell flowers. She's selling her body. So the the, the bodily autonomy issues that go very unspoken about that are literally being raped and walked all over on a daily basis or what bothers me from my outside perspective. Yeah. Because well, it is your body. As dancers, I don't want to say we're selling our bodies. We're right. selling an experience. And like part of that is looking at our bodies and like yeah. enjoying it. But like maybe selling our bodies isn't 
I, I apologize. I did not it. mean to respond. <laughs> oh, seriously, seriously, yeah. I apologize. I'm here to learn just as much. I'm still here to learn just as much. But it's, it's like the visual experience of your own bodily autonomy to yeah. whatever degree you want to give permission for people to experience it. Yeah. And but, it needs to be, have some regulation around it, meaning for protection for you. Yeah. So the consumer can't run you over with the loose laws. I just want there to be like um like we are not necessarily the product. Like we are our own individual people and we offer like a fantasy experience yeah. in yeah. character. We're not selling like our real personality yeah. or our actual soul here. This is actually a, f- a question I've wanted to ask. Do you prefer stripper, sex worker, entertainer, dancer? Like I am very always curious about why one how you want to be identified because I always want to be respectful. Um, stripper is fine. I think it's funny because, like, I think no matter what, if you're a stripper or a non-stripper, like, you're going to just use it differently, and we can always tell, like... So, for example, like, if I say, oh, I'm a stripper, like, that's not offensive or anything. But if I were to say, like, I'm going to go dance in Texas, like, I wouldn't say I'm going to strip, right? Like, I'm going to say I'm going to dance. you even use the vernacular, like, in different... Uh, it depends on the, context. on the context so like yeah. and then when people say like oh are you gonna strip tonight like that doesn't sound right you yeah. know no. See, I, I was, was writing a like, post on behalf of this podcast and I was like okay <laughs> I love I like, I like dancer entertainer I usually just say entertainer dancer when I'm talking about like doing the podcast but it's like when I'm at work I'm like stripper it's just yeah I mean I love the term stripper also I love the term cunt so like for me, I, I like, but I, here's, but my, the way I feel about it is like, I've had men in my life leave me and be like, I left you because you're just a stripper. Oh, so when it comes, actually an entertainer. I when think it comes that could be an them, entire podcast. Want, Let's talk about that. That's one entire podcast. When it comes to like them saying, like, it's like the same way if a man called me a bitch, like, or you like, oh my God, like, bitch. Yeah. Or it's, you're a bitch. Like there's different. Yeah. There, it, where are you putting the accents? Yeah. But on my taxes, I definitely say adult entertainer. So. But for like, <laughs> when you say it in conversation, like when people are like, what do you do? I just say stripper because it's like more annoying when I say dancer and they're like, oh, like, like a sex you yeah. dancer? It's a longer, like longer story at that point. You know? And then it's like more awkward. <laughs> I, I like saying stripper, like when you're confident about what you do, which I know you guys are confident. Like I know you three. And... It's just like, yeah, I'm a stripper. And then it just kind of like shuts them down. They're just like, oh, oh. And then Bring like, you know, their wheels there. are probably turning and they're probably, you know, in a, you know drowning in say, judgment. That's okay. <laughs> I, I know. I probably make more money than you. No, they're it's like, it's okay. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, 100% make more money than them. But that, I'm 20 hours a week. Um. I've been trying to stop this podcast for the last five minutes. Okay. Um, that's no, that's perfectly fine. Um, I've just decided I have to jump in because otherwise the the ball will keep on rolling. Um, but I would like to say, at least from my behalf, that I think this has been a great episode, and I would personally like it if you all were back in the same room again because I think that we have a million stories more to go. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys want to come back, you you're all welcome to. Yes. But at that. I think that's the end of our episode. Did you have anything you wanted to add there at the end, Kat? Oh, no, no. But uh, thank you, everybody, for coming. Um, really appreciate it. This is, well, I'm I'm Kat. I'm the brand. And we're signing off. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>
Our theme music is from Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com. Thanks to our host, Backside Cakes. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Suite 6, Bend, Oregon, 97701. Stop in sometime. You might see us recording. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Prime Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a positive rating. We're a new podcast and would really appreciate the support. And you can find us at www.behindthemeatcurtains.com or write us at info at behindthemeatcurtains.com. Thanks.